The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about anger. I know this isn't always an easy topic, but it's a super important one because as parents, we get angry sometimes. So I want to explore how we can deal with that anger in a healthy way. In this episode, I'll be diving into how to deal with your own anger in the moment, how to really look back at recognizing how you got there. And finally, ways to take care of your own wants and needs to minimize the angry moments or the intensity of the anger. But before we get there, let's talk about what is anger. The actual definition is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. And here's what I want you to know about your own anger from the beginning here. First, anger is a natural human emotion. Second, there are ways or things that you can do to calm yourself down when you get angry. And three, learning to manage your anger in healthy ways sets a good example for your children because they experience anger too. All right, so really that's the starting point, knowing that anger is a natural emotion and that there are things that we can do to keep from yelling or saying hurtful things to those we love. This is what the episode is all about. It is not about perfection, rather it's about connection, like I always say. And so starting where you are, wherever you are with this subject and making some progress and learning some new techniques, I'm hoping that's what this episode is going to give you. So here's a bit more to help us understand anger. 
So both anger and anxiety, which some of us also experience, are known as secondary emotions. So is fear, by the way. A secondary emotion is an emotional reaction that we have to other emotions, often underlying emotions. So usually it just means that there's another emotion underneath our anger. And when we can identify that primary emotion, the first one before the anger came, we can begin to sort things out. At times, we are unaware of our feelings in general, but especially our deeper, more vulnerable emotions. And so it can be hard, like it takes practice to begin to identify what that emotion underneath the anger is. And the last thing I want to say about this is that secondary emotions often tend to push people away and at the same time are covering an emotion that we may find too difficult to express. But that's where the work can happen. All right, here's a funny little example. Just a short snippet I want to share with you is that as I was writing the notes for this episode... I was working really hard to get it done on a deadline. We've had a lot of fall holidays and this was taking place right after one of those and I was feeling a lot of pressure. I'd been waiting on my husband, Brian, so we could go take our dog Gus for a walk. But his phone conversation was going on and on and on. So I went back to work. I went back to writing because I was tired of waiting for him. Just after I got back into it, he was ready to go. And I snapped at him saying, I was ready, but you weren't. And now you want me to stop what I'm in the middle of and go for a walk? It took me a split second, but I burst out laughing and said, guess what I was working on (laughs) right before I said that? My latest podcast episode called How to Deal with Your Own Anger. And we both had a really good laugh about that. All right. So underneath my anger, and this is just helpful because it's a pretty simple situation to examine, but underneath my anger, I was feeling both overwhelmed and pressured to finish in this window of time that I had. And after recognizing that and laughing at myself about the irony of it all, which by the way, is a great way to release emotion from the body. Laughter is. So after that, I was then able to really feel that overwhelm that was underneath, right? The overwhelm and the pressure and let those emotions dissipate while we were out for our walk. So that's just one way that we can release emotion from our body is by moving our bodies. And I'm going to share a lot more techniques with you here in just a few minutes. So let's dive a bit deeper into anger. When does anger come? And why? So anger usually comes when there is an injustice done to us, when someone speaks rudely to us, or when we feel undermined or unsupported, unappreciated. How is anger naturally expressed? Now, our bodies give us signs that anger is building up, right? We often feel hot or flushed. Our heart rate goes up. We tense our jaws or our shoulders, and we may feel a tightness in our chest or stomach. We feel this sense of righteousness, like we want to right a wrong. We want to make things right or fair. 
the emotion of anger comes from thoughts that we're thinking. Thoughts like, no one ever helps me out around here, or you kids are always whining or fighting. And we get agitated when these the emotion builds up in our body and we have start to have these sensations. We might snap or yell if we don't do something to help the emotion release. So here's another question. If anger is a natural emotion, how can we express it in a healthy way? So we want to be able to, we want to learn and practice expressing anger clearly and cleanly while respecting others in our environment. We want to be specific about how we feel and what we want. It can help to say something to our children like, this is making me angry, or I can feel myself getting angry right now. And then we can say to our children what we plan to do about it, right? Decide if you want to take a break or if it seems like a better idea to have everybody in the family take some a little time to themselves. Okay, more ideas on these techniques in a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about how to deal with your own anger in the moment. So this is the place to start when we are in the throes of it, right? Um, These are some techniques that I want to share with you that are going to really help you when you do feel that anger building up. So the first step is really recognizing anger, like naming it, our own feeling of anger. So you may not know at first what the emotion is behind the anger, like I said before, but that's okay. You can still work with this. So first is recognizing the anger, naming the emotion underneath it, if you can, but just recognizing, wow, I'm getting angry. Next is tuning into where you feel the anger in your body. So all emotions are simply chemicals being released in our body. It's a chemical reaction that's going on because of the thoughts that we're having. And as soon as we can drop into our bodies and feel the anger, we can help it move through. So then step three is choosing a way to calm down. So first is recognizing and naming it, then tuning into where you feel it in your body, and then finding a way to release it. There's so many options here, but choosing just one or two techniques that I'm going to mention a number of them, but maybe choosing one or two as your go-tos can help you make use of them in the moment the next time you feel that rush of anger rising in you. So here's some techniques to try. The first one I want to mention is to just breathe. Take some really deep breaths. I often find it helps to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. I have this beautiful little bracelet with blue stones on it called the Five Breaths Bracelet. And it's great to remind me to take five deep breaths when I'm feeling any strong emotion, but anger in particular. The next technique you can consider is to just move your body, right? Shake your arms and legs, shake out your hands, go for a brisk walk, dance. Just moving your body can help emotions move through. 
Another idea is to get the anger out of your body. That's really what most of these techniques are doing. But remember, safety first, right? We want to keep the children and the people in our care safe. So you might hit a pillow. You could even go sit in your car and yell as loud as you want. Just remember that safe, healthy rage is okay. We just need to keep those in our care safe while we're learning how to express our feelings in a healthy way. Next technique is to notice your surroundings. And this this is often taught in anger management programs and also is a technique that's often used for anxiety. So the idea is to look around you and name the things that you see until the emotion starts to fade. And so where I'm sitting right now, I might be thinking uh, little gnome, colored pencils, box of books, blue light, yoga cards, a song sheet of music, those kinds of things. Just name, keep naming until you begin to feel things breaking up. There's a more involved version of this technique that's called the 54321 technique. And it's great, like I said, for both anger and anxiety. I'll be sure to link to a more in-depth description of this in the show notes. But basically, you're using your five senses to bring you out of these spinning thoughts and rush of emotion in, in your body to bring you into the present moment and the actual space right where you are at this time. So acknowledge five things you see around you. That's the naming thing I was talking about. Could be a book, a cup of tea, anything in your surroundings. Name five things you see. Acknowledge or name four things that you can touch. And maybe that's your sweater, a pillow, the ground underneath your feet. Name three things that you can hear. That might be the wind, a bird song, your dishwasher, the kids playing. Name two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. So what are you tasting right now? Mint tea, the soup you just had for lunch. So that is a really interesting technique to use in the moment, the 54321 technique. Another might be to develop a mantra, a simple mantra for yourself. One super simple one that is kind of related to the technique I just described that you might want to adopt is keep your head where your feet are. This one always reminds me to like come back to this present moment here so that the thoughts in your head can stop spinning and the emotional tension you have in your body can begin to release. Another technique is to listen to a calming meditation. Pop in some earbuds and tune into a guided meditation. You might want to use my favorite meditation app. It's free. It's called Insight Timer. Developing mindfulness, the skill of mindfulness can really help us to calm down our stress responses that often crop up in the heat of the moment. And the last technique I want to mention is take a break. When my kids were little, I had a mommy's timeout chair in the corner of our bedroom. So instead of sending my children to timeout, which often led to a struggle, a bigger struggle, I would give myself a timeout. My children knew to give me space when I went to sit in my timeout chair. And this allowed me to leave the room, to leave the space where the conflict was happening and go calm down. You might also go for a walk if that's possible at the time. You could take a warm shower, listen to calming music. 
All of these techniques are ways to release intense emotion from your body, and they can all help you to stay more present when strong emotions arise, giving you the space to problem solve, to communicate more clearly, and resolve conflict more effectively. Whether it's with your children or your partner, right? We all know that anger can cloud our judgment. Strong emotion can. It's literally brain science. It shuts off the prefrontal cortex where we can think clearly. So all these techniques can help the strong emotion dissipate so that we can problem solve. So what can you do when you don't handle your anger well? That's a really good question. And the best is to apologize as soon as you've calmed down or as soon as you can. You could say something really simple like, I'm sorry I yelled. Can I have a do-over? Or I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that even though I was angry. Can we talk about what happened? Something really simple. If you find yourself yelling a lot, you might want to find someone to talk things through with, like a close friend or a therapist or counselor. They could help you develop calming techniques that work for you because we all want our children to feel safe and loved and offer ourselves the same. Here are a few resources that I want to suggest to you for learning to deal with your anger. And I'll be sure to put a link to all of these in the show notes, which you can find at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 151. So the first one is hand-in-hand parenting. It's great for listening to our kids' anger because sometimes our kids' anger is a trigger for our own. The next resource I want to mention is Kim John Payne's book, Being at Your Best When Your Kids Are at Their Worst. It can help you find more compassion for yourself and your kiddos. In fact, I have an entire masterclass based on this book inside the Inspired at Home community. And you can find out more about that community at artofhomeschooling.com slash inspired at home. And the last resource I want to mention is Jody Moore's podcast, Better Than Happy, one of my favorites. Now, I want to move into the next phase, really. So after finding ways to deal with your anger in the moment comes this phase of looking back to see how you got there. Anger is usually a result of us ignoring or suppressing a want or need of ours. This can happen when we're taking care of others all day, right? And when we do this, anger can just burst forth. Usually what this looks like is we think we're doing fine, even though there's some stress in the background, right? The background of our day. But suddenly we find ourselves yelling at our kids. So what led up to that? After you've calmed down, it can really help to identify how you got to that point. And here are just a few of the more likely scenarios. Going passive. This is an interesting phrase, but the idea is that going passive can lead to the outburst because we're suppressing something. We're being passive and not speaking up about what we want and need. So along those lines, ignoring or avoiding a need or a want 
something that we we need to face, but we don't really want to face, that can lead to anger outbursts and suppressing a deeper truth of ours. The more we suppress or ignore our truths, our wants, and our needs, the more likely we are to have angry outbursts. So once again, staying calm and present as a parent starts with our values and getting to know ourselves and being really, really honest with ourselves too. So often our emotions are clouded by judgment right, of ourselves, a harsh judgment of ourselves, thinking we're doing something wrong or that we should be able to respond differently or do it better. But when we get honest with ourselves and really look at this is where we are and that's okay, right, we can begin to let go of all of those shoulds and start being kinder to ourselves. Then we can identify our anger triggers. These will be different for each of us, of course, but here are some of my biggest triggers. Not being heard, experiencing pressure to finish something, usually time pressure or somebody needs something from me, and feeling ignored or not appreciated. So maybe some of those resonate with you, but I want you to ask yourself, what are your triggers? All right, finally, this is the last phase really is I want you to ask yourself what you are going to do to take care of yourself, including your wants and needs. And here are three tips for this. The first is create your very own self-care checklist. This might mean literally making yourself a list. You could include some of the calming techniques I shared here and also Make a list of easy go-tos, right? Things that you could do so easily, like that will come naturally to you. And then some whimsical pleasures or extra indulgences that you might give to yourself so that you can really feel well taken care of. It might be making your favorite cup of tea, taking a long walk, reading a novel, But I want to encourage you to do some things for yourself every single day. Because when we take care of ourselves and we're well-nourished and well-supported, we are slower to anger. We are able to stay more present and more connected to those around us. Also, be sure to go have a listen to episode 148, What's Your Self-Care Plan? I'll be sure to link to that one in the show notes too. All right, second idea here is think through how to communicate your wants and needs in a calm and loving way. This might mean journaling your thoughts first and how you want to share them or rehearsing how you're going to speak clearly about what you want. But the most important thing is to learn how to ask for what you want and need before any resentment starts to build up. This could include how to ask for more support from your partner, from your family, and it could include how to communicate clearly with your children. And the third idea here is to accept all of the emotions. I think many of us are taught that there are 
good emotions and bad emotions. And that is not true. All emotions are natural for the human being. There's a full range. Every morning I say a prayer to myself. May I accept all emotions that come my way today? Because in my family of origin, I was taught to hide difficult emotions or those that were labeled as bad to never get angry or too emotional. The truth is there was this angry tension in my household growing up all the time because there was always some underlying unexpressed anger, that unresolved anger, and my parents never talked about it because anger somehow was bad and I've had to do a lot of work to undo this belief. But I will tell you, the work is worth it. The best resource I know for this is the Better Than Happy podcast with Jody Moore, the resource I mentioned before. She's a life coach who talks all the time about how emotions are are not only natural, but they're just these chemicals released in our body. And if we can tap into our body, the physicalness, and recognize how the emotion feels, we can take some deep breaths until it fades away or use any of the techniques that I mentioned earlier. This is how we can deal with intense emotion of any kind. That's really good news because that means that no matter what emotion comes our way, we can handle it. All right, back to the example I shared at the beginning of this episode. The ironic thing is that if we push emotions away, we only stay stuck. If we try to bury them, they tend to grow. So when I don't express my own need for support and help, I end up getting the opposite of what I want because... I didn't share what I need. And then anger can creep in too. But when I can identify how I'm feeling and what I need and express that, plus when I let my emotions just move through my body, when I accept the emotions and use some of these techniques to help the emotion move through, the intensity subsides rather quickly. So often, I think our choice is to either be vulnerable and talk about the emotion, process the emotion, share what we're really feeling, or continue to be angry and push our partner or child away. And the way I see it, being vulnerable is the clear win every time. I offer you these practical steps to help you break free from reactive parenting habits. I hope you found this podcast helpful. And if you did, you could share it with a friend who you think might benefit. Thanks for tuning in today. You can find the show notes for this episode over at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 151. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection... Let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast.